So David wrote this and David was anointed king at a very young age and it took about a decade, over a decade before he actually came into the throne. But for that entire decade, there was one thing on the mind of King Saul and that was to kill David. That was what his heart was all about. David had to run for his life. He ran through the hills and the valleys. In fact, there was one time as he was coming, as Saul and his men were coming this way, David on the other side of the mountain was going this way. He understood what it meant to hide in the hills and the rocks and the caves as fortresses against this existential threat of King Saul. The most powerful person in the land wanted him dead. Think about it. Every morning when David woke up, he remembered that Saul wanted him dead. He carried this thought throughout the day with him. This was a, literally an existential threat. This was a threat on his life. We have many of our family and friends that have experienced this yesterday. And this was written after that existential threat was over. Existential threat was over. And he was safe. After God had delivered him, he writes this. We were camping a couple of weeks ago and we were sitting around a, a campfire that night. They allowed us to burn and we had a small campfire and we were sitting there, Teresa and I were talking and, and we were talking about the blessings of fire. It keeps us warm. It heats our food. It, it, it warms up water to create steam to make, and to make electricity. How, how good fire can be. And at the same time, we concluded the conversation with how destructive fire can be as well. That out of control fire destroys and causes disaster. You know, in the midst of the times when things like this happen, we ask questions. Does God see us? Is God here to help us? Will God perfect us, uh, protect us? Especially in the face of an existential threat. I mean, questions like this arise. Is God faithful like he said he was? I mean, just simple questions. What do you take with, with you when you evacuate? How, how frightening it was for those of us who were putting stuff together, trying to run out of the house, knowing what should I grab, what should I not grab, and, and thinking we don't know what's happening. David wants to help us. He understands. He understands the feeling that we're going through today. He knows, probably even greater than we understand it. And no matter what the extent of the crisis is, David says, God is our strength. He is our protection. He is our father that loves us and he will act on our behalf. This Psalm is so important that God actually recorded it in another place in the Bible. In 2 Samuel chapter 22, the same Psalm is recorded. A slight variation, but not much of a change. So twice God puts it in the Bible. He wants us to know this information. It's important to us. Now this isn't gonna be a typical sermon. It has not been a typical service so far. It's gonna be different. I'll actually give you a time to talk back in the sermon. I don't normally do that, but today, if you want to, you can talk back at these opportunities to express your heart and to praise him for what's going on. Let me reread again the verses and then we'll walk down through these quickly. To the choir master, again, so important. It needs to be set aside for God's people of all ages to sing this song. A Psalm of David the servant of the Lord who addressed the words of this song to the Lord. In other words, he wrote it to God on the day when the Lord rescued him from the hand of all his enemies. And as I mentioned, probably the Philistines and from the hand of Saul, the former king. And then David said, I love you, Lord. 
I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rocks. Twice he says that. The stability, that the picture that the rock gives in our mind, in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Listen to this intimacy in verse number two. All of these my's, this relationship that David had with God. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompass me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice and my cry to him reached his ears. He is not deaf. He heard the cry of David. When David cried out to him, saying, my enemies are too powerful for me. They want to destroy me. They want to take away my life. God, hear me. And God hears. He starts off by saying, I love you, Lord. I love you. And it's, it's not a typical Hebrew word for love. It's more has the idea of mercy and compassion, but it describes a deep intimacy that David had with God. While he was running around in all of these trials, he drew closer to God. And that's what trials do sometimes, isn't it? It draws us closer to God. It helps us think about the important things in life. Can we say today, God, I love you? I love you, God. I love you. I don't understand what's happening around me, and I don't understand why people lost their homes. I don't understand all that, but I know that I love you today, God. You're always faithful. So it begins with this intimate relationship, and it's carried out throughout the whole psalm of, of this closeness that David felt with God. And I think I know most of you here today, you have a relationship to Jesus Christ. You are sensing that closeness too because you have been crying out to God. You have been praying and you feel his closeness in your heart today. It, this closeness of David, it arose from this awareness that God was there in the midst of his dangerous and mortal crisis. God was there. He wasn't absent on some planet somewhere, not paying attention to what's going on. He was right there in the middle of it. He watched us as we had to evacuate out of medical lake. He protected us. Think about how close God stands to us. He dwells within us as believers. He lives in us by his Holy Spirit. He said we are one with him in John 17. It's not that we become God. We're, we're invited into the Godhead through Jesus Christ. He promised he would never leave us or forsake us. In, in Christ, God has caused this intimacy between himself and believers. Think of the length. The length that God went, excuse me, to create this intimacy with us. He came to us in Christ. God himself came. The eternal God who created all things, it was not distant from his creation. He came in the middle of his creation. He came to us in Christ. He saved us through Christ. He dwells in us by his spirit. You can't get any closer than that. God is that close to our hearts today. He asked us to call out to him. David said, you're my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my shield, my salvation, my strong. Seven encouraging statements. These stability, isn't this what we need right now in a shaken world is stability? That's what these words are talking about. This, this stability of God, that he's faithful, that he cares for his people, that we can rest in him and he is stable. Everything else is shaking around us right now, but God is stable. He's our security. 
And when we place ourselves in God as our refuge, there is a sense of peace and joy that comes out of that. Even though disaster is around us, we sense it like we, it is well with my soul as we sang. Even in the midst of that, the rock describes God's faithfulness, his unchangeableness, security, protection. Tracy Zins called us this morning. They lived down by the Bible camp. Their home was completely destroyed. But she wanted to share this with us, to share with you God's miracle. They have a travel trailer. I don't know how big it is, but they had taken it over to the Bible camp so that people at the Bible camp working there could stay in their trailer. So when the fire happened, uh, her husband went to go hook up the trailer, couldn't get it hooked up. She took off and now she's driving out of that area. There were six foot flames on each side of the road. Her husband followed shortly thereafter. They were 12 foot high. He said the fire ravaged through there, burned a lot of houses, some part of the Bible camp, but spared their trailer. And now they have a place to stay as soon as they can get back in there. And she wanted all of you to know that God protected their trailer. This is the nature of God that David personally experienced. It's not something that someone told him about. He experienced this. These character traits of faithfulness and, 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 and promises kept and, and, and strength and stability. And, I, and what is it about God's, God's character traits that are, you're holding on to today? What is it about God that, that, that's centering you today? Anyone just, what is it about God's character that is helping you make it today? His love, his goodness, his faithfulness to us. These are the things we need to hold on to in the midst of crisis. What else? What are you holding on to a character trait of God today that will help you, help you endure to make it through this? His protection, his sacrifice for us. If he gave his son on the cross, what more could he give us? He gave us that. He'll give us all things in Christ. So David is running from the King Saul and he's hiding in the hills and the rocks. So he understands fortress mentality. He gets it. It's a stable protection that God's providing for him. There's so many people right now in need. There's so many people. I got a call from the Rotary Club in Coeur d'Alene and they're sending out a relief trailer on Monday or Tuesday. They ask if the church could be a command center and they're going to go out and they're going to help people who've lost everything to see if they can find any valuables left in their homes. So they're going to come here hopefully, hopefully Monday or Tuesday. And we need to, if you know of people who need stuff, we need to get a, a list going so we can start helping people and getting that out. So if you know, let's get a list going and so we can start helping people. So we take refuge in God, our stronghold, and when we do, we can endure a crumbling world around us. So David praises God for divine deliverance. That's easy to say when you didn't lose everything. What do we say? You were delivered, but your property didn't make it. Your life was spared, but everything you have is lost. How can I praise God when I've lost everything? It's a reasonable question. There's an answer in the Bible, but it is a reasonable question. How can I praise God when I've lost everything? It's hard to praise God when you are in pain, but there's never a better time to praise him when you are. So David was forced, was faced with a mortal danger. And the text says it's as if death and Sheol 
took cords, ropes, and wrapped it around David, and they're pulling him down into hell. That's the picture. He felt like he was being drugged down to hell. Joe and Sue Shelley sent a video of them leaving their area of fire on both sides, burning up. I'm sure they were staring death in the face. Could have crossed over. Could have, anything could have happened. You know the feeling. So David calls out to God and God heard him. It says from his, it's not his temple in Jerusalem, but his heavenly home, his heavenly habitation. He hears from heaven. He hears from heaven. God hears when we pray. God heard all of our prayers that we've prayed so far. and He's going to hear all of them that we pray from this moment forward. He's heard them all. He doesn't ignore them. He hears them. He will act. Spurgeon observes, Faith, or from all sides, the hellhounds barked furiously. A cordon of devils hemmed in the hunted man of God. Every way of escape was closed up. Satan knows how to blockade our coast with the iron warships of sorrow. But, blessed be God, the port of all prayer is still open. He may have assailed us, but the port of prayer. So let's land our vessels in that port and lift up our prayers to God still. So David cries out to God and his cry reached God's ears. He hears, he cares, he protects. The question would be, why would you call on someone who you didn't believe? Well, David believed. David believed God would answer him. And we call on God because we believe God's going to answer us. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. God hears your prayers. His ear is open to you. Call out to him today. God is enough. God is enough. He can direct all resources. He can direct all power. He can direct everything he needs. God is enough. Do we look for help for the firefighters? Absolutely. Absolutely. But God is enough. He's enough. We need nothing or no one other than God. Paul told the Philippians, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He hears our cries today. He sees where we are. He understands our circumstances. God is stable and faithful. He is our protection, our salvation, our security. In the midst of this crisis, hold tight to him because he is holding on to you. Let's pray. Father, We thank you for this encouragement from David who understood what it meant literally to have his life threatened, an existential threat, someone who wanted to take his life just like that fire wanted to kill and destroy. He understands. And he told us how he responded to that. Oh God, give us the strength to respond like David in faith and in trust, not in doubt or questions. We have a lot of questions, Father. They may be answered, they may not be answered, but we still trust you. We still lean into you. We are still holding tight to you because you are holding tight to us. 
and we thank you and we pray for our community. God, if medical aid can be that source of resource to help our community, provide the resources, provide the staff, provide what is necessary so we can serve our community and help them. Oh Lord God, you are faithful, you are just and you are true and you are always good. And it is true what Paul said, all things do work together for the good. We don't understand that. And it doesn't seem like that sometimes. And it seems like it hurts. But those people who have made it to the other side, Father, tell us, it is good. It is well with my soul. So God, give us hearts to care just like you do. Ears that listen, eyes that see, and a heart that reaches out just like who you are. We're gonna hold on to you. We trust you in Jesus' name. Amen.